I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, and I'm a green smoothie enthusiast, a radical self-care advocate, and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women looking for a deep and meaningful romantic partnership. Each week, you'll hear me answer a frequently asked question from this community, interview experts in the field, or work directly with the caller as I coach them through a dating or relationship obstacle they're facing. I give practical advice and tangible action that you can apply to your own life so you can learn how to treat yourself the way you want to be treated and get into the relationship you desire and deserve. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 44 on Date Yourself Radio. In January, it'll have been one year since I started Date Yourself Radio, and I can't even begin to thank you enough for being a listener, for submitting your questions, for continuing the conversation in the Facebook group, which you can find by searching Date Yourself Radio or Date Yourself Challenge on Facebook or by joining me on Instagram. I'm at Veronica E. Grant. It's just been amazing to see all the women joining in on the conversation on really creating a new conversation around dating. Because I truly believe dating doesn't have to be a necessary evil. It doesn't have to be something that just feels icky and gross and like you have to do in order to be in a relationship. And I am so glad that so many of you are following suit and joining in on this journey with me to more empowered, more empowered dating and relationships. So if you've been listening for a while, first first of all, just again, thank you so much. I love doing this part of my business and honestly connecting with you all each week and talking into the mic while you might be walking your dog or exercising or cleaning your house and just adding some inspiration to your life is truly something that I am so blessed and privileged and honored to be able to do. And 
If you've been enjoying the episodes and this podcast, I would be ever so grateful if you would just log in over to iTunes and search Date Yourself Radio in the search bar and then leave me either a rating or review. Not only does it just feel good to see all these amazing words come in about the podcast and the community, but it also helps me to reach other amazing women who need to join in on our conversation. So here's one review that I got just recently. I just wanted to share. This is from Seattle Stacy, and she says, Veronica has a down-to-earth style and offers practical dating advice. She doesn't believe in playing games to get a man. She cuts through all the other stuff out there to offer some common sense wisdom. Love it. Thank you so much, Stacy. That means the world to me, and I appreciate it so, so much. So again, just go over to iTunes, search Date Yourself Radio, leave your rating or review, and I would be ever so grateful. All right, so we are now deep into fall. I'm here in Dallas, and it's finally beginning to feel like fall. We got teased a couple times earlier in October, but I can actually wear a light jacket outside, and I'm not sweating through my pits. So I'm pretty pumped, I'm pretty excited, and I've been enjoying pumpkin-spiced everything. Lately, I've been really into the matcha lattes, and head over to my Instagram because I have a latte there that I made. But then if you scroll down, you'll see actually I have a little DIY uh, hack in the kitchen where you can make your own froth, frothed milk, uh, not using a frother, but actually using a coffee press. Pretty sweet. And it can be like Starbucks in your own home. So anyways, we're at the end of the year and I always get a sense at the end of the year to look back and think, oh my gosh, I didn't get this yet done. I didn't reach this goal or I haven't done this yet. I still have so much to do before the end of the year. And I, it's, it's so common for me to end up just going crazy and losing my mind to get all of this stuff done by New Year's Eve or by the end of 2016. And the truth is, is that everything right now, nature included, is just beginning to let go. There is a sense of the holidays coming and wrapping up projects at work. And it just seems to be the thing to eat chilies and uh, root vegetables and just begin to uh, turn inward and get ready to hibernate through the holidays, spend time with families, and then of course the ensuing winter. But of course, that's not what we do, right? And slowing down can be really, really hard, especially for us go-getter type of women, very goal-oriented. We always feel like we have to be doing, doing, doing something, which brings me to today's show. So today I have an, a sexuality empowerment coach, Elise Carr from StellaMuse.com. So you can head over there to check her out. But first, listen into this interview because we have a super spicy conversation about living a tantric lifestyle. So you might have heard of tantra before, You probably in the sense of the Kama Sutras. Um, obviously, we don't talk about just that, but tantra is a really just a lifestyle to um, embrace the feminine, embrace a sense of slowing down and inner peace. So yes, we talk about sexuality and connecting with yourself and connecting sexually with a partner in a more deep and meaningful way. But we also talk about slowing down and how to be more feminine, both in our lives and our relationships. And 
Being more feminine without being girly is another huge question and topic that always comes up in the Date Yourself community. So when Elise reached out to me wanting to share about this on Date Yourself Radio, I knew I had to say yes. So as you listen in, I want you to consider these questions. Do you always find yourself in doing, doing, doing mode? And do you have a hard time turning it off, relaxing, or allowing there to be white space in your calendar? Do you have a balance of feminine and masculine energy? And do you even know what that means or what your feminine energy looks like, what your masculine energy looks like? And if not, no worries. We're going to go back to the basics in this conversation. And then how connected are you sexually to yourself? Do you know what you like and what you don't like? And how comfortable are you sharing that with your partner? So I'm sure you can tell it's going to be a really, really juicy one. So we are going to go right to it and enjoy the show. All right. Hello and welcome to the show, Elise. Thank you so much for having me, Veronica. It's a pleasure to be here, sweetie, with you. I am so excited to have you. We've got a lot of really juicy topics um, in store this afternoon or we're, we're recording the afternoon. It's morning for you. I don't know when listeners are listening. Um, but let's, let's first, um, can you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? And I'm always curious to hear people's journeys as to how they got to that point. Sure. It's, it's a, quite a long story, but we'll, we'll keep it short and sweet. Okay. That's so <laughs> in a nutshell, my focus now is on empowerment coaching. Mm-hmm. And I speak of this from within. So it's empowerment from within. This is about learning to awaken our personal power. I don't believe there's anything external that's ever going to nourish you and, you know, empower you as such mm-hmm. in any way greater than you can do yourself. So my work is not as a handholder, as a coach. I work mm-hmm. more as someone who is bringing the light into the darkness. Mm. And that could be a dark experience or it could just be a fact that you're not seeing your full potential and you know very well you're not living your full potential. And when I say potential, I'm talking holistic here. So your entire life, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I bring in as a tantra practitioner the sacred sexual and sacred spiritual element here because our sacred sexual and spiritual selves are hugely influential to our everyday life. We don't realize that the, just the energy of that runs through our body all the time. So, I combine my coaching in that sense with also the Tantra work. And when we say sacred sexual and sacred spiritual, that's about conscious sex if we want to talk about it, you know, okay. in, in, in normal speak and, and bringing in a connection to something that's greater than us. So we can dive into this a bit later on when we explore sexuality. Yeah, I definitely going to want to break this, this down. It's <laughs> about the, the conscious path. We're not just talking about having multiple orgasms. That's utterly irrelevant. It's really about a lifestyle. It's a journey and it's about deeply knowing yourself so that you can deeply connect with your beloved. And then from there, your tribe, community, the office, whatever else it is, and, and consciousness, however you term that, whether it's the universe, source, God. Mm-hmm. So that to me is kind of connected in two parts, can be connected together. I've got my healing side of things. So I'm also a, a Reiki master and a medical intuitive. And I also do archetypal readings and chakra regression work. Hmm. So chakra regression work is normally one of the most interesting that people haven't heard of because obviously they normally heard of Reiki or sometimes medical intuitive work. Mm-hmm. But the chakra regression, chakras are like energy wheels and we have seven of them in the body. It's not something you can see. We don't see these spinning wheels in our body, but mm-hmm. they connect to different parts of our body on an energetic, emotional, and physical level. Sure. So I like to focus on the lower three chakras. That's one that's kind of just underneath your rib cage in your core 
The second one is actually where your sex organs are in lower digestive area. And then the bottom is, is the root chakra, which is sometimes said to be at the bottom of the spine. Other times it's said to be between, beautifully spoken, the perineum and the genitals. So they're the three core chakras that I like to work with, mainly because that's where we hold a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. That's where we hold a lot of the issues that have happened throughout our life that we do not want to let go of on some egoic level. And it's in clearing these out. And let's just take the second shock, for example, which is the sex organs. And let's just take women, for example. There can be a lot of trauma held in the womb space or the ovaries or the vagina that we may or may not even be aware of is there. Some women are. Some women are able to bring it up. Others, they may not be able to put their finger on something that happened, but they just know that something isn't flowing in that space. And we know mm-hmm. something's not flowing in that space because that area connects not only to our sex and sexuality, but it also connects to money, the giving and receiving, mm-hmm. so the fluidity of that, to your mm-hmm. creativity. And that mm-hmm. can, you don't have to be a painter. Creativity is in many ways. It's also how you prepare a dinner party. And then also in your power in relationship to other people. Mm-hmm. So you can be in a relationship with someone else romantically, but this also, also could be your power with your boss. It can be your power with your siblings, mm-hmm. power to relationship to other people. So if you are noticing within yourself right now, wow, actually, I'm not expressing my creativity. My, my income isn't where I want it to be, or I have an issue with, you know, losing money or never seem to have enough or whatever it is, you know, and then perhaps also I don't feel like I'm expressing my sexuality. If these are kind of sparking, oh, maybe that's me, I'd be looking at that center and we can Mm -hmm. dive into that deeper as well. Yeah. So I just want to, I want to pause just for a moment for people who don't know what chakras are. Sometimes my, my people are totally beginners. So I'm a yoga teacher. So I'm like somewhat familiar with the chakras. I don't teach them too much, but they're basically energy centers and there's seven, Mm -hmm. right. Of them. Seven in the body. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, I guess there's a lot, but these are the main seven. My understanding. Yeah. Um, and they each have different, like themes or energy about them. So it's like, it's not like a, like an organ, but it's just like the energy of the area of the body. Is that, is that how you describe it? That's a simple way to turn it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to do a simple definition for people like, wait, chakra, what are chakras? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And that's why we can also call them energy wheels or just energy space in our body. Mm -hmm. So that said, essentially we need to excavate that trauma. So I do this with clients all around the world via Skype and just use my voice for part of the guided section and then do like a mini coaching part at the end to talk about what's come up. But in that voice guided section is guiding you back down into memories that you hold in your body. We think that we hold memories mm-hmm. just in our minds. You know, we mm-hmm. go, oh yeah, I remember that time. No, no, your body, like muscle memory holds on to this. And yeah. often we like to hold on to the trauma. not just the wonderful things. So we need to go back in there and get to that root cause. So this is doing the deep work going into really the energetic as well as the emotional attachments and then perhaps then how it's affecting you physically. Yeah. So that's super important as well. I love that. That's that's one thing that I do with my, my clients. Like I always ask them about either past relationships or even their childhood. Like what did you learn about love and relationships from your parents or from teachers or other early childhood friends or acquaintances. So I love that you mentioned that. And it's not about dwelling in the past. It's just about getting a little bit of information that can help us in the present. Yeah. Because we want to bring your power, bring your energy to the now. And when it's sure. outside of you, when it's away, when it's left 10 years ago, when you're a child, it's not going to be doing you a service now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. So that's kind of my work in a nutshell. 
I suppose. And, and when it comes to my coaching, I sometimes combine healing with the tantra and it's bespoke. It's entirely personalized. So it depends where that person is, the journey they want and what they feel they want to achieve. And then I have to see behind that, you know, it's part of my work to see what they really actually want to achieve. What's the right. dream behind the dream? Right. I like to call that, right? Or the miracle behind the miracle. Right. So that will be combined how they choose. How I got to that is quite strange for me. I, I never intended on, on being a coach, let alone specializing in empowerment and sacred sexuality and spirituality. I initially studied to be a journalist and work in public relations, and I did both those. And this is also while I was modeling. I started modeling at the age of seven. It's an industry I'm still a part of now, but not full-time anymore. So I I had elements of my life where I was modeling internationally, where I was doing foreign correspondent journalism work to, you know, make that happen because I always wanted something to stimulate my mind. Mm -hmm. I loved loved being in the world of modeling, but I wasn't of that world. I was never interested really in the sex, drugs, rock and roll, the parties, all this kind of stuff. It wasn't me, but I love the creative expression of it. So I was always hungry for something else. Mm -hmm. I was always hungry to stimulate my intellectual side and my soul. Most Mm -hmm. of all was what was starved, the deepest. And on one journey, I I was modeling internationally. I was trying to get my finger into writing some articles. I was studying Buddhism because I was just needing something, some kind of spiritual connection. Because when you're away like that, you are apart from all your loved ones. You're living in a foreign country. Everything is completely new to you. You're self-reliant. You may not have people that you can trust, or there may be, you know, one or two kind of friends, but it's a very, very different way of living. Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of out of a suitcase lifestyle. Yeah. So what happened to me is that while it wasn't, you know, drug fueled, it wasn't any kind of abuse of, of that sort of my body temple. I feel looking back that I was emotionally, spiritually starved. And it got to the point where I started to see my body physically responding. I didn't look my healthy, perky self. Mm-hmm. And so I had an ultimatum at the time from my partner back then to come home. And um, he came over and we, we went back home together, back to Australia. And it was in about five days that I was hospitalized with a cyst on my ovary that ruptured. And the toxins that were going through my body caused my heart to flatline four times. Yeah. So to me, and the interesting thing was the cardiologist said I'm disgustingly healthy because my heart starts again its own every single time within a matter of up to about 30, 32 seconds. And my my organs, my sex organs, when they were like scanned, probed, ultrasound, you name it, I had everything done to me. I was textbook perfect besides, mm-hmm. you know, the actual physical mm-hmm. burst of that cyst. So to me, while it, this reached a physical point, it wasn't really necessarily a physical issue. Right. To me, it was because I'd starved myself and I was so detached from who I am. I no longer connect to my spiritual self. In this relationship especially, I lost my connection to spirit, to the divine, to my intuition even. I stopped listening to my authentic self. And I started losing almost a belief in self because after that experience and coming out of intensive care, I could barely wash my own hair. There was no way I was going to be able to drive a car, get on a catwalk, get a real job with my journalism public relations degree. Mm-hmm. What I realized in that, this was a massive crossroads for me in the concept of self-belief and who I am. Mm-hmm. And so everything I identified with, I identified as, you know, being a model, even though I said I did modeling, I wasn't a model, but still the model, mm-hmm. the journalist, public relations, the girlfriend, which that title soon left as well. I realized when I stripped all these things back, who I actually was, 
what I actually was. And I had to sit with what I wanted to do, how I wanted to show up in the world. And this was a bit of a long process. And I was fortunate to have a conversation with my auntie at the time who lived in the UK, who said to me, and bearing in mind, this is before we had Facebook and Twitter. And this is all before social media. Mm-hmm. This is like actually 10 years ago. So I used to correspond and connect with my loved ones via very extensive, elaborate emails about this is my world. This is the model. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on. Yep. So back to this conversation with my auntie, she she said, why don't you take your emails and turn them into a fat book? And I was like, okay. I, I never thought of myself as a writer. I was a journalist. But if I can write articles, I can write a book. How hard can it be? Ha, ha, ha. Never <laughs> underestimate these things. I took on, like, you know, the biggest product of my life. Mm-hmm. But it was my saviour. It was my saviour, Veronica. It allowed me to relive in some ways. Like I was kind of purging this experience because this book, while I made it a novel, it's 80% my life. And I was able to really get in there. I was able to dissect these conversations I was having with my beloved. I was able to dissect my life, my experiences. And it was a beautiful way to, to really get back my self-belief, get back some purpose in my life. Cause I thought I have a story here that I want to share. And what became of that story was really a very strong message about integrity a very strong message about self-belief, a very strong message about your boundaries, mm-hmm. about your power to say yes and no in every choice you make. Now, this is for anyone. They don't have to be in the modeling world, but especially for me during that experience as a young girl in my early 20s. Well, I say young girl, a young woman really in my early mm-hmm. 20s, so I felt like I hadn't stepped into womanhood yet. Mm-hmm. While I was extremely street smart and very wise beyond my years in so many ways, emotionally I wasn't as evolved because I hadn't lived through as much. But that experience and then writing the book enabled me to definitely gain a lot of emotional intelligence, to gain detachment and essentially come through this this muddy, muddy time with a deeper reverence for myself and and then a new desire. It led me then to go study my master's in communications and cultural politics and women's studies. I did a stint at a fashion magazine here in Australia. I went to the UK. I got back together with this partner and, and even did some foreign correspondent work in East Europe. Uh, while I was finishing my master's, while I was still writing and editing the book. And my second crossroads came at this time when I was reconnected with this beloved, thinking that, you know, this this is going to be it now. We've, we've grown up, we've matured, we know what we want, we know we're going in life. And there was a comment that was said on that this night, like only shortly after, like, you know, maybe a year and a half after I came out of hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to that in a second, but I just want to say to set it up, that comment became a trauma, but I didn't know it at the time. So fast forward seven years when I'd finished my master's, when I'd, I'd moved to Paris and come back after a few years and started delving deeper into my esoteric studies and my Reiki master's on medical intuitive work and the guided chakra regression. And so here I was doing this guided chakra regression on myself. Obviously, you practice on yourself and your loved ones before you become, you know, a certified mm-hmm. practitioner. Mm-hmm. And I found myself in my second chakra and moving into my third chakra. So this is like my power, really my, my power in so many ways, giving it away of my creativity, my sexuality and all those things. I found myself back seven years prior, back to this time when I was in, you know, Eastern Europe, back to when I was doing this foreign correspondent work with this beloved, recreating this life. And it was my birthday. And I could see the dress I was wearing. I could see the street we were on. It was uncanny because I completely forgotten about this moment. It was quite beautiful mm-hmm. in a sense. And so we're walking along and he looks at me and says that, you know, he's considering changing his profession from being in finance to medicine. I'm like, this is huge. You know, where are we going to go? Where are you going to study? How's, this is just going to be a game changer. 
And so I was curious and it also came out of nowhere. It was quite a curveball for me. But then he really looked at me and he said, and if I was a doctor, I'd fix your vagina. And the real me, like, you know, that was in that moment when I was able to get back to that, I don't remember actually saying anything. I didn't say anything. I felt my body close up. There was there was a definite pain, you know, that was palpable, not necessarily physically, but energetically, emotionally. There was something there, but I kept on walking in my stilettos and that beautiful dress to go to my little cocktail party his friends organized. I don't remember anything of it. But you know, this this me in the present at the time when I was doing this regression felt this fire rise up my entire body. Like I was on fire. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden these tears came. And they were tears of relief, tears of release. And I finally understood why I'd been closed off for these years, why I was not interested in really opening up again to a true, deep, romantic relationship. Not that I was interested in one-night stands, mind you, either. I wasn't interested in anything. I just closed myself up. I was trying really hard to make something of myself, but I wasn't really expressing my creativity. Definitely wasn't uh, expressing my sexuality for the record. And my, you know, my finances were like high and low. They were, you know, erratic. It was like great sometimes. And then like, okay, I really got to save here, mm-hmm. whatever. And my power in relationships was constantly being tested. I still hadn't learned this lesson of boundaries. So men were constantly trying to get over the line, you know, in mm-hmm. any way, comments, actions, you name it. So everything that was connected to that center, I was still being challenged with because I hadn't learned the lesson until it all came together then. And I realized how I had given my power away, and he'd still been having it for seven years, like a power core connected into me, and I was just feeding him my energy, feeding him my energy. And in that moment, I was able to disconnect that power. I was able to forgive his soul, mm-hmm. not for, I mean, not him yeah. in that, that young man's state, but his right. soul, forgive his soul, because that enabled me to let go of holding on to this. I have had to forgive myself too for going, you know what, why did you carry this for seven years and it's kind of held you back? I had to forgive myself for that, like deep, 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 forgive my soul. And it was in doing that and getting my power back that I was able to get clarity and perspective and finally see the gift. And the gift was going, okay, number one, my vagina's perfect. <laughs> and this brings me to the issue with like, you know, pornography and, and the naivete of, of young people especially, but not always, because there is no, you know, sexual education to the variety of, let's say, vulva or the variety mm-hmm. of penis or lingam we say in Tantra. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing wrong with me in the sense of what he thought. To be brutally honest with you, he had the conception, the perception, beg your pardon, that you know a yoni, a vagina, a vulva really, should be like a Barbie doll with like a little line down the front. And while I was always wax Brazilian because this is the modeling industry, my inner labia, tiny, tiny little bit of my inner labia protruded. And for him, it's like that can be cut off. Now, we're talking about labiaplasty here. That's cutting off a woman's genitalia unnecessarily. This is like taking nerve endings. So when I sat with... What he thought was such a, you know, a gift, he thought that he'd be offering me a gift if that was the case. Really, it was, you know, body mutilation. And so yeah. I got off on this new tangent of wanting to explore this and, and discover there are nine actual standard types of yonis that many civilizations believe, and then from that, many unique variations. You know, women that have really voluptuous lips, women who have tiny lips, women who have very long vaginal canals, short, protruding clitoris, non. There are so many different varieties, and we think there's one. Right. Yeah. And the same goes for me, but women is the biggest issue because that's sure. why, you know, I, I guess I, I dive into pornography a lot and why we need to look at conscious sex, opposed to pornography and all these kind of things. But 
What that gift was for me was the inspiration to start researching this very strongly. I started holding talks on, you know, women's empowerment and such by mm-hmm. connecting with the Yoni, by mm-hmm. unraveling this trauma. And women started writing to me. I then started collecting women's um, pieces totally anonymously to weave into my second book now, which I'm writing women's sexuality called Yoni Power. The stories that I was getting, you know, from trauma and abuse and gang rape and neglect and all these stories that everyday women, you and me, have been holding within them and didn't even really realize it until they started sitting with it and unpackaging it. So I now have much reverence and love for that soul who's played such a a catalyst role in my life. And I got my power back and it gave me so much more purpose to what I'm supposed to be doing. So I still have my finger in the modeling world and I, and I, I do do jobs. It kind of is just for the joy and pleasure of it. It's not my life purpose. I wasn't meant to just walk the catwalks of Paris because that <laughs> wouldn't have nourished myself. I would not have been at the greatest service. Mm-hmm. So now I get to weave in this, this, I guess, reverence for the divine feminine as much as the divine masculine into my work even more because I've, I've felt how deeply it can reside within us. And it was just, yeah, a huge, a huge push also for then from there after yeah. that was discovery to study the Tantra and, and all the other esoteric modalities and, and really combine this whole bag of tricks for Stella Muse. Wow. That's an amazing story. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's, you kind of wrapped up with, you know, this is how you got to studying Tantra. I think a lot of my listeners might have heard about it in pop culture um, and just think that it's like Kama Sutra or something. Um, yeah. So share with us what Tantra is and how it can help them in their life and sexual lives and all the things that it does. <laughs> Sure. It sounds like a magic button then, doesn't it? Let's just press the Tantra button. Uh, I love that. I love that, Veronica. So Tantra itself has been around for tens of thousands of years. This is nothing new. This is something that originated in India and that has been more so now re-unearthed but from a very low vibrational space. So that's why when you say Kama Sutra, most people do connect to that, mm-hmm. which for the record is, is you know a series of of sexual positions that you can learn to to deeper experience the lovemaking, but it's kind of just put out there in, you know, this magazine, that magazine is, oh, hey, you can just like your sex life, try this position, and that's it. Really, when we look at this from a sacred perspective, we're weaving together the sexuality and the spirituality, weaving it together like you think of, like, you know, fabric, or I like to think of it as, like, two serpents, to reach a raised state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. This is our aim here. And for the record, Tantra is not a religion. It's not a dogma. It's a way of life. So it's a way of life that I personally commit to. It's a way of life that, you know, I share with my beloved. It's a way of life that I teach, you know, my clients. That said, we start to to shift our perspective and realize this is more than just sex. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about sacred, it's something that encompasses reverence and worship and devotion And if you think of that in a relationship, we're bringing this in to, yes, your romantic relationship, and then from that an extension to saying that's greater than you. Mm -hmm. So having a reverence for the divine, for Mother Earth, for oneness, for God, for goddess, however you want to term it, that in your own language. But there's a deep love and respect because we have an understanding that we are all one. 
that mm-hmm. while, you know, you and I, Veronica, are completely different on opposite sides of the world, mm-hmm. we are so fundamentally the same. It's not funny. You know, I'm yeah. sure if we sat down with a beautiful organic chai with cashew milk, we'd be like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. And, you know, <laughs> if we took the time, right, mm-hmm. with each other. I got asked yesterday in an interview, you know, can we just love anyone? And I was like, absolutely. We, we are designed to love. Imagine if humanity came from a place of love, loving kindness, non-judgment, humility, all these kind of almost like yogic philosophies a little bit, you know, we can see, which is in many of the ancient religions as well, many of the ancient belief systems, these fundamentals are deeply rooted in Tantra as well. Mm -hmm. So when you think of bringing this into your relationship with self, are you coming from a place of non-judgment with yourself? from loving kindness, from compassion, from humility, you know, let alone then bringing that into your relationship with your beloved, Mm -hmm. you know, your partner, your wife, your girlfriend. So it's a mind shift in that sense. And, yes, of course, it extends to having orgasmic pleasure. In in a sexual sense, what we're doing is enjoying the journey just as we enjoy, enjoy the journey in life. We don't want to rush things. This is about slowing down. So we're tapping to the divine feminine here, which is hard for us who are in masculine mode. Yeah. Slowing so let down. Me, to let me pause you for a second because I do want to talk about feminine and masculine. But I'm kind of curious. Like I just, um, I think for myself, but I also think for many of my listeners, um, I'm just curious to know what it, when you say tantra is a way of life. Like, what is that? that look like? Cause I, I practice a lot of Ayurveda so I could talk about yeah. like, the foods that I eat or don't eat or like my routine or whatever. Um, so what is living a tantric lifestyle look like? What does that, yeah, what does that mean? Love that question. <laughs> it's not too dissimilar from weaving in elements of Ayurveda to be okay. honest. So when we think of, of this, I guess we can look at it from an energetic perspective and we have, we are energy. Everything's made of energy mm-hmm. and we look at Tantra from a space of energy as well and how we bring in energy, how we cultivate energy because essentially we want to cultivate our sexual energy, not give it away. So we look at the chi and the ching. Chi is your life force and ching mm-hmm. is your sexual energy. Okay. These are both utterly important, essential. You would not be here. I would not be here without them, right? So the way we bring chi into our body is through, yes, the food we eat, beautiful, you know, clean, nourishing foods from the earth, the water we drink, clean water, the air that we breathe, our breathing, and breathing is a huge part of Tantra, like it is in, in many Eastern philosophies. And then it's also sunshine. We need light. So when you think of these, like, simple elements, this is fundamental to life and it's fundamental to Tantra. So it is the food you choose to put into your body because that becomes your body. It is the water that you nourish and flush, you know, through your body. It is absolutely getting sunshine so you can feel enlivened, enriched, and, you know, more awakened mm-hmm. and and makes us feel good. We all know when we have a little bit of sunshine in our face, it can feel delicious, especially when you haven't had it for so long. And then the breath is utterly imperative because if you just check in with yourself right now, all our beautiful listeners, are you doing full belly breathing, we call it, or are you doing shallow breathing? I guarantee mm-hmm. 95% shallow breathing. Mm-hmm. So learning to breathe properly, and it's like a reprogramming because we were actually yeah. born 
breathing properly. So if you look at a baby breathing and you see this beautiful big belly rise and then it falls, same as if you watch your pets. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have got a down pat as well. We don't. We constrict and we tighten and we hold on and we do the same thing during orgasm. We do the same thing during sex, during, you know, standard kind of mainstream here. So mm-hmm. if we strip tantra back, one of the most key fundamentals is actually learning how to breathe properly to breathe through your everyday life experience that you can breathe with ease during lovemaking and instead of clenching and tightening and a bit of friction rubbing on the clitoris to try and get to that point, which lasts a few seconds, you can expand and open and soften and relax to receive pleasure throughout your whole body. Hmm. So leading a tantric lifestyle means every single choice you make comes back to being relevant and important because it's all connected back to the oneness. If you are not nourishing your body with healthy foods of the earth, if you are not drinking clean water, if you're not getting the best sunlight you can, if you're not breathing properly, you are not going to be in a very strong state from a body temple space, an emotional place, an energetic space. How can you possibly think that your love life and your connection with your beloved and the intimacy and your harmony within your masculine and feminine, which we'll dive into, mm-hmm. can all be flowing? Yeah. So that is why it's a lifestyle because it comes to every fundamental part of your life. Yeah. Likewise, if you're in a profession that you're not enjoying or you're in a relationship that's not nourishing you, it's depleting you, every choice you make, I say, is creating your fate or your destiny. So you have mm. to find the balance and harmony in everything because balance and harmony is essential. It's not about being happy all the time. We are having a human experience that is absolutely impossible because we have polarity. It's one of the universal laws. We have day and night. We have, you know, cool and hot. So it's about peace of mind and it's about balance and harmony. That's what we're striving for and that's what we want, you know, along the tantric journey to enjoy that and prolong that and, and really feel into that. And so how does that, how does sexuality then tie into that? Because when we think, or at least in pop culture, when we think of tantra, we just, like I said, just go straight to the sex. So um, how does, um, you know, I totally understand like the lifestyle design piece. Um, so how does the sexuality part tie into that? Well, when you're your most nourished, enriched, breathing, you know, mm-hmm. all, when all those boxes are ticked, let's, let's be masculine, when all those boxes are ticked, you are then in a better place to show up and be present for your beloved mm-hmm. because you need to be present mm-hmm. first and foremost, especially yeah. from the masculine perspective, holding space, being there. You would have understood that you need to slow down. Mm-hmm. We need to slow down because we rush things. We love, you know, a quickie here and there. That's fine. I'm not saying you can't enjoy that. But when it really comes to connecting deep with your beloved, we need time and space. We need to sometimes schedule time. I call it scheduling sacred sessions. And I can <laughs> share the article with your clients because sometimes our life gets so scheduled that we need to also schedule being with our beloved. So when it comes to the sexual side of things, it's kind of like you've prepared yeah. You've prepared yourself and you're showing up. You are gifting your beloved yourself and you're like, I am here in all my glory. And if they've done the work and they're meeting you, they're beautiful in harmony. And here we go. We're ready to have the dance of Shakti Shiva, God and goddess, right? Mm-hmm. Shakti yeah. being the goddess for the record. Yeah. And in this space, we can cultivate more intimacy. In this space, as an example, we can slowly undress before each other. We can hold each other's eye gaze deeply connecting with the other's soul, seeing yourself in them, feeling magnetically drawn to them, not just like lights off, let's just get naked and we'll roll around the bed sheets, 
we're taking this to a different level in that sense. Yeah. So enjoying the dance, enjoying the journey before you actually get to what we know as penetration. Mm-hmm. That may not even come, pardon the pun. So, <laughs> um, good one. So, okay, so for someone who maybe has never experienced that type of intimacy or maybe doesn't even f- not in touch with her own sexuality or feminine power, like what what can she do to start making that happen? <laughs> That's a really important question. What we don't always acknowledge as women is that we're the ones that are in control of our personal pleasure. Mm-hmm. We, we sometimes have a mentality that, oh, he should know what to do, you know, or why don't you know what to do? Why don't you know what I like? If you do not know what lights you up, turns you on, makes you feel juicy in an erotic sense, if we're going to go down that sexual path, you know, from a pleasure sense, how can you honestly expect your beloved or, you know, the next partner you're with to have an understanding? Sure. So taking the time, creating, once again, creating time and space, slowing down, being with yourself, starting to connect and understand, wow, I really love it when I take time, you know, or how much it turns me on when there's like an email or a note or something throughout the day. Because I tell you what, ladies, if, if, you know, ladies are listening right now, we are like water. We are cool and flowing one minute and then we're wild and crazy the next. And when I say water, you think of pouring water into a kettle. You've got to turn it on and you've got to wait for it to boil. But once it's at boiling point, oh, she can go and go and go and go and go. And that is a woman. Mm. We need time. We need time and space to want to relax, to want to open up, to take off whatever hats we've had to wear throughout the day and to get into that mode, whether it's, you know, mother or corporate or creative. We want to come into being goddess mode, however you want to term it, your sensual mm. self. And find out for you what helps with that. Does it help if you wear sexy lingerie? Does it help if there's beautiful music on and maybe you're just being naked in your home and you've got a candle going and you just start touching your breasts or you in the shower and you gently massage your entire body with organic coconut oil? Try it if you haven't. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, coming back to that foundation of loving kindness, touching yourself with loving kindness, being compassionate for yourself, non-judgment. You do not want to be telling yourself in your mind, oh, I wish my boobs were bigger. Oh, you know, I wish my yeah. bum wasn't so skinny. No, 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 no. Your bum is beautiful. <laughs> your breasts are magnificent. You are a divine creature, you know, handcrafted. You are absolutely irreplaceable and utterly unique, yet entirely connected to everything that was, is, and will ever be. Start having deeper reverence for yourself and you'll start to walk into a room differently. Yeah. Right, and yeah. this isn't about an egoic perspective. This isn't about you know a, an overly you know buffed up self esteem. This is real, mm-hmm. and there's no competition because every other woman is like that, and every man when he steps into his god nature, right, we're in our goddess nature. When he's in his god nature, absolutely the same. So this isn't we ha- we have an, a syndrome called tall poppy here in Australia where like if someone's getting a little bit too you know advanced, a little bit too big for the boots, a little bit too successful, we're going to chop them back down to size. Yeah. We want to get rid of that mentality. Yeah. It's, there's no competition. You're not competing against that other girl. You are being your biggest, brightest version of you and tapping into that. When you start really living, feeling that, breathing with that, experiencing it, you'll be owning your truth, owning your authenticity, right? And this yeah. is when that self-belief and self-esteem, I believe, manifests into self-love. But we've got to do that work. You don't just love yourself organically. Mm-hmm. not with sure. the programming we've had in this day and age it should sure. be but unfortunately 
not always that easy. So starting with self in answer to your question. I love that. Definitely. I I think (laughs) that's really, that's really helpful. So, okay, let's jump into, we've kind of touched on it. Um, masculine, feminine energy. So, um, this is something that, you know, that I teach with and my clients. I don't have a podcast episode about it, so I'm super excited to have something to refer people to. Um, but I'm just kind of curious, like what, um, you, you actually have the phrase, the dance of the feminine masculine energy on your website. Mm. So let's start with that. What does mm-hmm. that, what does that mean? Well, we have kind of touched on it a little bit in the sense that okay. this comes back to the harmony and balance. Mm-hmm. What we need to acknowledge sure. is that we have both those energies within us. Mm-hmm. You and I right now, even though we, we're here in female bodies and we resonate as being women, we have masculine energy. Sure. So as women, we may be 75% feminine, but we're 25% masculine. So what that means is that, like I said, we're the water. We need time to, to warm up, to be turned on. But also we need that element of masculine within us to get it done. Mm-hmm. Feminine is the being, as you said, it's being. It's mm-hmm. it's the creative. We like to percolate and sit with things. We might start putting flowers in the vase for a dinner party and all of a sudden we'll just check on, you know, the veggies cooking. We are multitaskers. We're here and we're there and we can do this. We get, you know, but we need that masculine drive to kick in and be like, oh, my gosh, we've got 15 minutes. Let's get it done. Mm-hmm. As an example, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure we can all relate when we've been in hyper-feminine mode and when we're in hyper-masculine mode. Sure. Often in this day and age, yeah. in a patriarchal society, in a very masculine world that we have co-created for the record, we are often too masculine. Yeah. And that's why we struggle and humanity in general and poor earth is struggling because of that, because of our choices to be too masculine. So we got to start seeing that. What are the, what are the struggles? I'm just kind of curious. People know what to look for. So, if they know that. Yeah, too sure. Masculine. Sure. If you struggle to be detached from your phone, <laughs> for <laughs> let's just say Guilty. five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because you have to be doing, 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 processing, absorbing, scanning, sure. yeah. masculine. If you struggle turning your phone off if you struggle turning the internet off if you feel like you cannot actually have an afternoon nap you know or go to bed early or have a little sleep in or enjoy something luxurious like you know maybe being in nature I say luxurious but like you know this is how we see things like it's a luxury to maybe drive out to the forest or be near the coast or you know wherever you are these kind of things are about reconnecting to the divine feminine because it's a reconnection to Mother Nature. It's a reconnection to the elements. You know, if you don't value taking yourself on personal dates each week, and this could just be going to your yoga class, mm-hmm. right? It might be going to the theatre, anything like this. And Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way touched on this in the sense that she encourages you have an artist date. Now, I believe we're all artists mm-hmm. in whatever class it looks like. So scheduling, here we go again, scheduling time for yourself as well as time with your beloved, is really essential right now for where we are in this time. Yeah. So we need to see those those kind of signs and, and ask yourself, you know, do I struggle slowing down? Mm-hmm. Do, do I have a creative outlet in my life? Do I love just being? Can I sit still for five minutes on a meditation pillow and just breathe? Mm-hmm. You know, am I the person that leaves, you know, class early because I don't want to do the cool down at the end? Like, that's extreme. Oh, I used to do that. I used to leave for Shavasana. <laughs> I'm pleased you said you used to. Like, Shavasana, it's, it's such an essential part. You're yeah. allowing your body to just, like, absorb all that goodness and all that work you've done, right? It's the ultimate feminine component to sometimes a, a semi-masculine practice. Sure. 
So, um, sometimes it's difficult for, you know, when I'm working with a client or just talking in my Facebook group about being more feminine and I talk about, you know, a lot of the stuff that you just mentioned, sometimes they're like, and this is supposed to help me date. Um, (laughs) like, so I'm just kind of curious, um, how does masculine feminine energy, I understand the balance within ourselves, but how does that work within like, um, in this context, a man and a woman, um, dating and, or being in a relationship, what, what's the balance there? And if we're too masculine, how does that affect the relationship? Sure. Well, number one, if we're too masculine, we're going to be taking over if our partner's a man, his role, Mm -hmm. because we, our role is if we're going, so we can role play, we can change this up. So there's no one right way, but just for convention, just so we get the foundation, we'll just keep it simple. If we are in a hetero relationship and our partner's a man and we're a woman, our role is to come from heart. Because Mm -hmm. here's the thing, we all have like an inner battery within us, like an inner pole, once again, polarity. For Mm -hmm. women, we have a pole, like men do, the same space, they're just kind of opposite, so that's why we click together. For women, our warm space, our natural positive end is our heart space, Mm -hmm. connected to our breasts, for the record. Our cool space, the negative end of that battery, that pole is the yoni, our entire female sexual reproductive area. So that's our inner pole, and I'll explain that in a second. Men are the opposite. So their cool space is their heart and their warm space is the lingam, translated as wand of light, the the genitals, the penis. So that's why we fit together perfectly in an energetic circuit because our open heart space, our breasts, sending that energy into his heart space, he can then send his energy from the lingam, that warm space for him, into our yoni space to warm us up. And so we have this flowing circuitry. Now, you can even have this circuitry with yourself, self-pleasuring, you know, to send as a woman heart energy into the yoni space to warm it up, men bringing up their energy in the genitals into their heart. Mm-hmm. So our roles in this relationship, it's a woman who is there to help him open his heart, bringing in that loving kindness, that compassion, that non-judgment, right? And they're very feminine qualities. We all have them, but they are very feminine qualities coming from that heart space, embracing our arms are extension of that. Our breasts, perfect. This is where you want your lover to start with you because that is going to help him connect heart to heart. And it's also going to help warm up your yoni space. So in foreplay, we do not want men to be going, you know, anywhere near your genitals, especially the clitoris to start with by any means, we want them to go straight away to the breasts. And you think of a moment like in Dirty Dancing and Patrick Swayze's character is, you know, is going just on the outside very gently Mm -hmm. along baby's breasts and it's just this loving touch and it's playful and that's how we start, a light touch, a very gentle touch. And you can go to extremes. You can build up to biting, scratching, pinching, pulling, whatever, whatever does it for you. You might have even experienced what you like. So play with that. But starting very gentle, very slowly, building up desire, building up the fire, right? We need that as women. And when men slow down and take this time, they're deepening their connection to heart space. They're watching you. They're being present. They're noticing, oh, her nipples are starting to get erect. She's starting to get flushed cheeks. She's starting to feel more of a desire for us and me. Mm -hmm. That turns him on. And so we've got some energy happening there. And this at the same time, obviously, he's already on fire in the genitals, right? Mm-hmm. And he's raring to go. He's like a car at the lights, ready to <laughs> put on that accelerator whenever whenever you give permission. And I love talking about permission to enter, which means you actually welcoming and inviting him in to your yoni space for the record. So as this energy is building, the woman is starting to feel more warmth 
in the genitals because it's coming from her heart. And also he can be sending that across, whether it's, you know, literally setting an intention, whether it's visualizing it, whether it's just, you know, feeling it. He may even just have the penis with the head inside or maybe just close to the entry and sending that energy across. There's one position that I love, which maybe it's a little bit Kama Sutra for those that are aware of it. It's called Yab Yum. It's mother, father. I like to think of it as like a little clip-on koala. If you're if you're aware of our little paraphernalia in Australia, we have little koalas and their little claws mm-hmm. and little legs can clip on. So if the man is seated, cross-legged, if he can feel comfortable like that or legs extended, but ideally cross-legged, the woman is then gently lifted into his lap, wraps her legs around his torso, feet touching, wraps her arms around his shoulders or neck, arms touching. We then have a connection of all these poles. Hmm. And this is an ultimate simple place to start if you want a position to get into a tantric mode. So therefore, if you think of your palms touching, the base of your palms is the Hmm. genitals. The base of your fingers is the heart's touching. And the top of the fingers is the third eye connection. And here we have raising the consciousness. Within that also, which is really beautiful and juicy, and it's a double charge, is your lips, the touching of lips. So when you're in that wrapped, you know, kind of connected yab yum state, you can even just do some gentle rocking, some gentle feeling. You can be fully clothed. This can be foreplay before you even get naked. Or you can be naked but not necessarily have penetration. Or, yes, you can have your man inside you if that's what you want to do at this stage. But this connection, this feeling, this slowing down, this starting to have real intimacy can be a beautiful way to harmonize the masculine and feminine because you start softening and opening and really deeply receiving as a woman. And the man is holding space. He is like the rock. He is stepping into his God, divine masculine energy. And that's what we want. As a woman, we want to be held and Mm. seen and cherished really deep down. We crave that. A man needs to feel that loving kindness and that non-judgment so that he can step into really holding that space. Yeah. So that's a little bit of the Shakti Shiva dance, I guess, in in one simple kind of way. Yeah. No, I think that was great because, I mean, I can, you know, I answer this question too for people all the time, but I don't answer it in this way. So I'm glad now to share this, um, you know, this other just perspective that I'm not as familiar with as you are for, for my audience. So I I really appreciate that. Um, my pleasure. Yeah. So, um, wow, this, this episode has had so much juicy stuff. I'm so excited and so grateful that you um, came on to the show today. So just a couple more questions to wrap it up. So first, if listeners want to find you, learn more, um, connect with you, what is the best way that they can do that? Best way is via my website. There's a contact page there. And then you can have a look and see what resonates and and why you feel you're reaching out to me. I always love to know why, not just say, (laughs) hey, I just heard you. Um, So that's stellamuse.com and it's Stella with an A. So you can have a read of the Tantra sections and there's lots of videos that are available there. You can go to my media page. I'm all over social media, so you can easily find all those links there to to tune in and and really see if I'm the right fit and and how I can serve you. Or if you have a question that you you sure. know you feel you'd like me to answer, perhaps I can write about it in my next article. Yeah, I I will I will include all of that on, in the show notes for everyone, so you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast to find that all the links. And um, the question I always ask all my guests is, what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Oh, a treat for me because I don't do it enough is probably a hot oil bath with Mm -hmm. a book and candles and just laying there for at least an hour just enjoying 
and and being in my element because I'm I'm a water sign, so literally I am in my element, yeah. and I I feel really connected. I feel very relaxed and at peace and at ease and. Nothing else matters. I, I'm really good at shutting everything out in that space because I did not bring my phone into the bathroom. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, I've tried to like get on to the, the hot bath train and I just like, I get in and after five minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to um, push through that barrier. But maybe, you know, it's not for everyone. That's okay. Maybe yeah. you just got to find something that's more you, sweetie. We can't, yeah. there's not a one size fits all for everything, right? Yeah. I, I think it's, and, and Ayurveda and Pitta and I just get really hot and then I start getting aggravated. Oh, so I think, I yes. don't, I don't know. That's my theory. <laughs> maybe um, you need a cooler bath. Yeah, maybe. What kind of oil do you put on your bath? I'm kind of curious. Depends what I feel like, but okay. normally something like some sweet almond, and it's all organic, but some sweet almond and maybe some grapeseed as well, and a little bit of coconut oil, and then maybe some essential oils like ylang ylang, lavender, sometimes a bit of frankincense if I want to, like, you know, cleanse and, and get rid of anything that no longer serves me. It really, yeah, it depends, but there are probably some staples that I'll put in. Lavender's always great with ylang ylang. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, maybe I'll, I'll try a bath again, maybe. <laughs> All see. the best for <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming onto the show today and sharing your expertise with my audience, my listeners. I my really appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you, Veronica. It was a pleasure speaking with you, sweetie, and, and yeah. sharing the wisdom and the light. And I love what you're doing. So keep thank sharing you. this as well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Much love and happy dating. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.